Let's talk about the first National Hip Hop History Month 2021. Let's also discuss the apology from the British Transport Police for past systemic racism. What about the racism exposed at the Yorkshire County Cricket Club? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's Podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's Podcast today. Welcome. You are born to win. But to be a winner, you must plan to win. Prepare to win, and expect to win. Zig Ziglar. I like that one. Okay, so it is episode 80 sparking debate still sparking debate um we're into november now uh we've got it's actually it's national hip-hop month the first hip-hop month so everything hip-hop from this this throughout this month you know i'm sure there'll be loads of events and things on tv and conversations of how hip-hop has influenced the world globally actually so yeah first National Hip Hop History Month. So hopefully everybody will get up to speed with hip hop history. Um, And on the 14th of November is World Diabetes Day. And we know diabetes does affect us disproportionately. So that's definitely something we should be aware of looking at our diets and type one and type two, all of that stuff. Um, And then the 19th of May, the 19th of November is International Men's Day. Yeah, International Men's Day. And that's for the women too, because we've all got men in our life. So whether they're sons, uncles, dads, granddads, etc. So yeah, 19th International Men's Day. So over the weekend, we've had um, protesters at Parliament Square um, clash with police, um, also on bonfire night as well, actually. Um, anti-establishment um, activists and basically I think it was eight police officers injured uh, 12 people arrested uh, people were burning um, Guy Fawkes with like signs saying penny for the guy which reminded me of my youth you don't see that I was saying I was speaking to um, my kids actually about that this weekend you don't when I was a kid you you know people would actually st- stuff like scarecrow puppet type well like scarecrow just basically stuff jumpers and make masks of um guy forks and uh, be standing there with a jar saying penny for a guy you know and so so yeah it reminded me of that actually because obviously that doesn't happen anymore bonfires actually don't happen anymore that was another thing we were speaking about but yeah um they were burning all these effigies of um guy forks and and also effigies of um Prime Minister saying that he should be burnt, etc. Um, so yeah, and you know, demonstrators were also. Demo- I think that the essence of it is as well is in regards to the government in general, but the Corona lockdowns. You know, it's, it's a continuation of that. So, so yeah, the frame fireworks at the police and you know rockets and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, big scenes, big scenes. So. And and I did. I have heard some rumours that they they will be trying to potentially stop people um, buying fireworks in the future, unless you're doing events. 
I hope that's not true because I really do enjoy um, setting off fireworks for the family and you know the kids and stuff. I've always enjoyed doing that. So, um, but yeah, interesting stuff. But yeah, on a on a lighter note though, um, being hip hop's uh, first history month, it's quite fitting that um, certain people were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Tina Turner. Um, not so much hip-hop influencing that, I suppose, but LL Cool J was inducted, um, Jay-Z was inducted, and Gil Scott Heron, who's obviously no longer here. But um, So, yeah, but, you know, lyrical, spoken word artists, etc. Um, yeah, so quite fitting that they actually uh, were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. Um, and I'm glad they gave one to Gil Scott Heron as well, you know. The um, the revolution will not be televised and, you know, all of that, that whole that whole period when he was around spitting those kind of lyrics. So, yeah, very, very, very timely that they were inducted this year. So, sadly, um, uh, we've lost uh, the founding member, one of the founding members of UB40, um, Astro, um, he died after a short illness. That I haven't heard what the illness was, but um, his real name was Terence Wilson. Um, but yeah, his stage name was Astro. He was 64, so he's UB40. You know, obviously, I remember that group as a kid. They were prevalent um, as, a, as a young kid, um, and it was always quite odd to see. You know, it was like white white men with. Um, you know, a couple of black guys in the group, but it was predominantly white people singing reggae music, you know, that, and that would that was the first time I ever saw that. Um, and plus they had their Birmingham accents as well, so it was definitely an odd, odd thing growing up in a house where reggae was prevalent, so it was odd to hear it and see it. So, so yeah, um, definitely brought me back as, as, as they, you know, as I was reading about him passing away. Um... But yeah, sadly, they, they were supposed to do a tour um 2022. They were planning on a um, big tour. So obviously, you know, that, that won't be happening now. Well, at least not the way it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, this they, they broke through in the 1980s, I think. Um, and yeah, they just had like a unique take on British reggae at the time. Um with like famous songs like Red Red Wine and um, Can't Help Falling In Love. Um, yeah, and what I also found out is that their name, UB40, I never thought what it was, what it meant, but it was actually, um, it was named after the government's unemployment benefit form. So it was a UB40 form, <laughs> basically. So yeah, that was an interesting um, fact that I never knew. But yeah, they, they were really successful as a, as a group, you know, sold 70 million records, um, and had three number one hits over that period of time. But I think there, there were some issues between them. I think the two brothers, the lead singer and the guitarist, I think they were brothers, um, but they broke up. So there's, there's two factions of um, UB40. Um, so, yeah, but this, the faction that Astro stayed with, he stayed with the lead singer, whose name, was, um, whose name is Ali Campbell, um, so I think it was just them two, actually. So, yeah, who knows how Ali Campbell moves forward without him. Um, 
Yeah, I can just hear them fireworks in the background. I'm not sure if you can hear them, but it's, it's all going off still over the weekend, as you would expect. But um, but yeah, what it brought me back to um, back then was that my favourite song was um, There's a Rat in My Kitchen. Well, it's, that's the PC where I it. it was There's a Rat in My Kitchen. <laughs> that's what it was called. But that song, as a kid used to crack me up and I remember singing that and, and mucking about it as a kid but yeah but um, yeah sorely lost and you know my condolences out to him his family and friends um, but yeah definitely a legendary group from, from back in the day so on the Covid front um, there is a new pill um, that they've got and it's been approved in the UK I think the UK is the only place it's been approved to use uh, to treat covid it's called um mol molnupinavir there or something like that molon molnupinavir i can't pronounce that too many yeah <laughs> i can't pronounce that word but anyway there's a new pill and um yeah i it'd be given to um twice daily to vulnerable patients um recently diagnosed with with covid um so yeah, the general, the health secretary, um, uh, Sajid Javid, said today is a historic day for our country, as the UK is the first country in the world to approve an antiviral um, that that can be taken at home for COVID. So, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, period of time to see how this impacts the virus and you know how people take to it. Um, to date, the UK has agreed to um, purchase 4,000, sorry, not 4,000, 480,000 courses um, with their first deliveries expected this November. So it's out there. You know, people will be taking it from now moving forward. So, yeah, be interested to see how that all pans out, you know. So we'll, we'll definitely be hearing more about that, I'm sure. And the next time I speak of it, I will definitely know how to pronounce that that medication. So sadly, we've had um, two murders um, of young people um, over the past week. Um, there was a murder in Tower Hamlets um, on the 6th of November, a 22-year-old man uh, found dead, pronounced dead at the scene. Um, so my thoughts and prayers go out to that young man's family and friends. And also um, embarking near... Um, Wyvernhoe Road um, on the 3rd of November an unexplained death actually um, a body of a teenage boy was um, found on the road pretty much so um, so yeah there's not much really been said about that but you know my condolences again goes out to that young person and his family and so yeah it's just as I always say when, whenever we have to speak about somebody who's passed it's never never good <coughs> So, um, in Yorkshire, Yorkshire Cricket Club has come under fire for um, some racist, racist um, actions by um, various players. It's quite disgusting, the, the latest reports. Um, they're talking about uh, one of the Asian players was, uh, has reported that he was urinated on by a teammate once, you know, um, and they're obviously looking into that. 
Um, they also spoke about, you know, the, the racism within the Yorkshire Cricket Club, but both blatant and sometimes quite sly as well. Which, you know, if you're if you're a person of colour, you, you know about both sides of that. And um, the blatant ones, those are quite easy to deal with and address and point out. But the sly ones, that's when it gets a little bit bit tricky. But um, but yeah, it happens. So if, you, like I said, if you're a person of colour, you you know about the sly racial um, racial abuse that people have to deal with. Um, but yeah, so it's been said that these this stuff's been going on in this club since the early 2000s and an investigation has now been launched. Um, some people have already resigned. Um, the chairman, uh, Roger Hutton, I think his name was, and several other board members have resigned already um, over... I think the, the whistleblower, or the, the, the main one at this point, is Azim Rafiq. Um, He's the one who everybody's talking about at the moment, but I'm sure well, there obviously are of us because now we're talking about somebody who was urinated over. So, so yeah, disgusting stuff, disgusting behaviour, but at least people are talking about it and feeling confident to talk about it. And from what I heard as well, it's, you know, there were, you know, racial things that went on in the past and people put it, put it down to banter. You know, this that new phrase that kind of whitewashes things, but, you know... And and then what happens as well? If people say it's banter, then the person who's actually being abused sometimes they take it on as banter and they just let things slide or they even add to the to the jokes and, and play a part in it as well. But obviously, when you do things like that, eventually it will come to a head and people will cross the boundary um, that 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 you haven't even set. But they'll they'll cross boundaries and then you'll feel a type of way. And then you do say something. And then if you look back on it retrospectively, you can see how you, this has been happening a long time ago. But you just took it as banter. So I, f I think the lesson is you just got to nip these things in the bud. You know, if you got to nip these things in the bud. A joke is a joke, you know. Um, but racism is racism. Bigotry is bigotry, you know. Yeah. It's, when it's when it's not right, it's not right, you know. And prejudice, anything prejudice, anything like that, it's, it's not banning, it's not jokes. So yeah. So yeah, but we're, I'm, we're definitely going to hear more and more about that for sure because they've lost loads of sponsors as well. I think Knight was one of their sponsors. So, and yeah, people will remove themselves from people that have um, racial connotations around them, and rightfully so, rightfully so. Welcome to Pablo's Podcast. Join me on a weekly basis with social commentary on current affairs which affect us the most. Come and muse with me. What you can expect is uplifting, positive discussions, interviews on our social, physical and cultural well-being. Voicing some of the perspectives we share but maybe don't vocalise enough. I'll be going through my bucket list of interviewees over the coming weeks. You're guaranteed to get an honest, authentic perspective and insight into what's going on now. If you like what you hear, please click the subscribe button. Please share on your social media apps and please leave a review. Look forward to spending some time with you over these coming weeks. Thanks for joining me. Take care.
So also um, a Mayfair casino, um, Crown London Aspinall's Casino, um, being found guilty of racial discrimination. Um, a case brought by a young lady called Seema, um, 41-year-old black woman. Um, and yeah, she, she brought to light that they were, um, they were forbidden to work certain tables if the gamblers asked for females with you know, fair skin or Western-looking stuff. You know, the managers would, 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 would change them up based on that, based on the request. And apparently it's been going on since 2019. So, yeah. So Seema, the young lady, she'd been working there for 13 years and, you know, just had enough of it, tried to speak to her bosses, nothing really happened, and she decided to take it to court and she won her case, you know. And it's, it's I mean, she'll probably never work in that industry again, but she took a stance and it will help the people coming in behind her, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. She, 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 um, and it wasn't her first option. You can imagine, been there thirteen years. She said that that she tried for many years to open, have open dialogue about racism, and um, but yeah, it was just basically shut down, ignored, or gaslighted each time she tried to do it. Which again, if you if you're a person of colour and you live in the UK, probably anywhere in the West, you can definitely resonate with with that kind of response to. Um, to racism, if you if you try to call it out, you know, what's the famous one? Um, you 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 got a chip on your shoulder and all of that, you know. We know, but um, but hats off to her. She bit the bullet and she she dealt with it and she won. So salute to her. So um, getting back a bit in history now, um, something that that come up now, but it's quite historic was um, systematic racism um, within British transport. Um, and what's come of that now is that the British, British Transport Police have um, had to apologise um, and apologise to the British African community um, for systemic racism and corruption um, within their within their ranks throughout the seventies. So again, this is again this is a win. This is a it's, it's a win because, you know, it's something that people were going through throughout the time. Nobody really listened at that time. But now the books are open and people are looking at things with a fine-tooth comb and going through everything. They can see, you know, British Transport Police were institutionally racist and there were a number of black people, young black people at that, um, that were jailed for crimes that they didn't commit. You know, and I spoke about this before in a, in another podcast a few months back um, in regards to Detective Sergeant Derek Ridgewell um, giving false evidence at trials and you know um, on various cases um, the Waterloo Four, Oval Four, um, the Stockwell Six, you know all these things um, and people you know spent time in prison off the back of his false statements. Um, he ended up getting arrested for. I forgot what he got arrested for, but he got a long sentence. He got like seven years in jail. Um, but he ended up dying of a heart attack in 1982 in prison. Um, but yeah, the current the current um, British Transport Police and Chief Constable Lucy Dosari, um, she spoke about it, saying, you know, she we can't undo the past, um, but we can learn from it, you know, and. Which is right, you know. It's not. It's not about you know. She wasn't there um, at that time, 
but you can definitely learn from it and hopefully that's what happens they learn from it um but yeah but the good thing is in the past two years the wrongful convictions at over four and the Stockwell six were overturned by the court of appeal so at least you know they've they've gone about trying to rectify history in that sense um yeah and the, you know the cases have been been squashed and apologies to the victims which is good step forward and it's it's ironic because the london transport um museum are put to are putting together a new exhibition um starting in february 2022 celebrating the contribution of uh, caribbean people to that have made to um to transport, London transport, um, and London and British culture widely, you know, on the whole. So it's ironic that that's, um, they're talking about that now, leading up to February, coming in the next few months. Well, what's that, about three months now? It's not even that far, my goodness, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, the exhibition talks about the, tr- the struggles, the triumphs, you know, of individuals moving halfway across the world to come and work in the UK. Um, after the Second World War, when the UK, you know, really needed help rebuilding the country, um, as well as the people in the Caribbean, you know, needing jobs as well. So it was kind of a reciprocal situation in that sense. Um, but Britain definitely greatly benefited from, you know, all those people coming from the Caribbean to help rebuild London after it was bombed and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, but between what was it? It was between like 1956 up until 1990, up until 1970. Um, London Transport, you know, they directly run recruitment campaigns. You know, targeting people in Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica, um, looking for employees to come and come and work in the UK and help rebuild it. You know, but as much as you know, it was reciprocated. You know, people went to earn money. England wanted people here. When people come from the Caribbean, they were shocked um, with the difficulties they faced, like racism, poverty, sickness from damp, um, the British cold weather, you know, things like that. So, so yeah, um, yeah, the irony, the irony, and the timing of both of those two stories. But um, but yeah, I think it's it, it would be an in- interesting exhibition, um, and yeah, a piece of history that many people might. Not may, may have took for granted and not not even known about, you know. Um, but again, this is something when I was at school, you didn't. You obviously saw a lot of um, black um, people uh, working on London transport and the buses and things like that. But you never knew the story. You didn't know the story of why that was. Um, so yeah, these are things definitely to pass on to this to young people for sure. So this weekend is kind of a historic weekend in the UK. Um, so the first UK television advert for a brand targeting um, black women and girls with natural Afro hair aired this week. Um, the advert was from Afrocentrics. Um, and it's, yeah, it was, it's a company, uh, biggest owned, one of the biggest owned um, black owned hair businesses in the UK established in 2008 by two women. Um, They both struggled to find effective products for their hair and they decided to put a company together. So hats off to them and hats off to them for, like I said, having that first advert because I didn't even, 
I, I didn't even think of it as a thing, but when, when I read the story, I was like, okay, yeah, there hasn't been any adverts promoting anything for black women's natural hair. You know, that's just, you just don't get adverts on that, but yeah. So they've got that now, which is amazing. So if you haven't seen it on TV, I'm sure, I'm sure you can catch it on YouTube. So um, yeah, go and check it out. So yeah, hats off to them for that. So yes, we're going into winter soon. I mean, we're still in autumn, I think. It feels like winter. Um, so yeah, we're going to be spending a lot more time indoors, um, not getting that natural sunlight. Um, and yeah, so we need to make sure we're looking after ourselves as much as we're going to be indoors more. Definitely need to continue looking after ourselves. And you might have to take extra vitamins. I know some people don't like to take vitamin tablets per se, but if you can get it naturally from food and you can get enough of it from food, then do it that way. But, you know, I think it's just about looking after yourself because as we know, um, in our community, we we do suffer from some things disproportionately. Some some of these uh, diseases, etc., affect us disproportionately, such as vitamin D deficiency, high blood pressure, prostate cancer, kidney disease, high cholesterol, and diabetes. So yeah, so we do need to be making sure we're eating right, living right, you know, balanced lifestyle, everything, mind, body, and soul. Everything needs to be in balance. But some of the things that you can take. Um, or consider taking vitamin D supplements, vitamin C, um, complete vitamin B complex um, as well, uh, magnesium, zinc, sea kelp, um, saw pimento, cod liver oil, spirulina, um, quercetin complex. You know, those are a few supplements you can take to ensure that you maintain health, you know, through these winter months. And forevermore really you know it's not just through the winter months to be fair so yeah definitely do that definitely look after yourself and um yeah hopefully this christmas is going to be better than the last you know less restrictions fingers crossed everything stays the same and we can get to see all our loved ones and do all of the all of the things that we missed last year um and not take it for granted as well you know so so yeah, fingers crossed we, we get to do that. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me for the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.